1: Hello and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. This week we're going to be wrapping up our Michael Shore episodes by talking about The Good Place. But before we get into all things The Good Place, we're going to go around the room and have everybody introduce themselves and say one thing in pop culture or fandom that they're excited about right now. Go ahead and start with you, Judy.
2: Hi there. I'm Judy, and um, I, when I, I mentioned in the last one that I'm finally going at, back and. Watching Buffy the Sl- uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer right now, <laughs> so that's kind of what I'm excited about. I also tried to get into on Netflix. There's a it's a Supernaturally show. Gosh, I can't think of the name of it now. Uh, Orange something or other, I think. And it it reminded me very much of Supernatural. It was, but uh, it was this family that went around and and killed monsters and things like that um but they worked for this corporation that you know h- hired them and everything and I was really enjoying it and then I got a couple of episodes in and they did something with one of the characters that I was like "E, no I don't want them to you know to to do that <laughs> so I had to back <laughs> away from it I'm kind of sad because it looked like um it looked like they picked so many little things from genres yeah. like Supernatural, and I was excited, but uh, unfortunately, they don't all... They can't all be winners. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. I wonder what that show was. I'm trying to find it. I'll, I'll
2: it was- find the name of it. I'll find the yeah. name of it. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. Cool. And and uh, Meg?
3: Uh, yeah. So, I'm Meg, and I recently rented... I spent $20 on the new Emma. And... <laughs> Loved it so much. I I was a little hesitant, too, because I was like, ooh, $20 for a rental, and then I remembered how much it would cost for me to go and watch it by myself at the theater. <laughs> and that would still be so much more than $20 after you buy all of the fun stuff. But it was absolutely amazing. I'm a huge Austin fan. Um, I will watch all of the adaptations all the time. So... That's what I'm really excited, and now I'm kind of excited to hear about this Netflix show that Judy doesn't like. <laughs>
2: <Yes>. <laughs> okay, I just found the name. It's called yes. October Faction, and October. like I said, I was I I wasn't doing it. I think I'm probably gonna finish it, but I, I, I mean, spoilers. I guess um it's the 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 husband and wife one of them cheats on the other and you're like, "Really? you know, you, you, I just didn't want that to happen. So, but who knows where it will lead. I think I'm going to go back and watch it anyway. Um, because I was enjoying it. other than that.
3: Yeah. yeah. And the other thing I've been watching cool. is crash landing on you, which is a very weird Korean. Um, like romantic comedy show on Netflix, where like a South huh. Korean woman lands in North Korea. And yeah, it's weird. So I'm I'm <laughs> apparently very into foreign TV these days. <laughs> that's cool. Oh, that's cool.
4: <laughs> and and Rebecca, hello. This is Rebecca Jacobson, and I. Uh, the pop culture thing that I want to uh, tell everybody to go watch this week, especially fitting with our show today, the Good Place is a delightful youtube channel about death <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> called ask a mortician <laughs> hosted by uh, funeral director caitlin doherty who has written a couple of books uh one called smoke gets in your eyes uh, tales from the crematorium and another one called will my cat eat my eyes um <laughs> questions from children about death um she's a remarkably perky person to be talking about death but she answers. she has her youtube channel is amazing uh she talks about uh real life iconic corpses and issues within the funeral industry and dealing with death and dying and surprisingly upbeat for such a morose topic but also talking about <laughs> funeral traditions from different cultures um Things like what happened to all of the bodies from Hiroshima, (laughs) which was not a topic I had thought of before until I watched her channel. So she also runs an organization called the Order of the Good Death, which I also highly recommend that people check out, especially as right now we are dealing with some pretty anxious times around disease and morbidity around the covid-19 virus here across the world. Mm-hmm. And she her re- most recent video actually talked about how funeral homes are hopefully going to be, you know, dealing with the deaths from this virus and mm-hmm. sort of how funeral homes can can help, you know, ease some of our fears around mortality. Mm-hmm. So, go check oh. her out, it's Ask the Mortician. Interesting cool yes and
1: this is aaron and um i on one of our recommendation shows the first one we did where it was just carla and i um we talked about i talked about this is us and how um even though i love the show i actually hate most of the characters (laughs) 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 except for except for randall beth jack um and rebecca those are the only characters that i really love on the show um But I want to talk about I haven't seen the season finale yet, but I want to talk about the episode after the fire. And what I want to give a shout out to with this is the way this show handles um, mental illness and um, anxiety disorder and watching a man, especially a black man, which I know is it's which what I've heard is that it's very rare to see a black man shown being in therapy and showing Randall going to therapy and his, um, therapy session where he
3: spoilers. Um, gonna say, where I'm, refle- I'm going to take my headphones off real quick. Cause I'm not caught up. Okay. So just let okay. me know when you're ready.
1: <laughs> okay. I'm ready. Okay. Where, um, Randall reflects on what would have happened if Jack would have lived. Um, so that was just it was just a very interesting episode, even though I ended up in the end, even though I love Randall getting a little bit upset with something he does. Um, but it was just such a great episode and so true to therapy and dealing with therapy and Randall coming to terms with some things and recognizing some things he hasn't dealt with Um especially when it comes to his relationship with his mom so I, th- I it's just i just shout out to that and shout out to sterling k brown who is always excellent and fabulous and wonderful so yeah okay and meg you can come back on i don't know if she can Meg, yeah, i heard you i heard
3: my name <laughs> sorry i'm so behind on this is awesome it's one of the things i'm trying to catch up on <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why I was like, okay,
1: I'll say a spoiler here, because, I mean, it's not a huge spoiler, but I just want
3: to I'm just me. I've gone 20 years without being spoiled on Harry Potter. Um, <gasps> so, yeah. <laughs> there
1: go. Okay, great. Well, let's get into the good place, cockroaches. So... <laughs> Yes. <laughs> okay. So we're going to, and this is a little bit different than the other two shows that we discussed in the fact that this is not done in a mockumentary style at all. There's no documentary crew. It's not shot the same way. Um, and it's a very different kind of storyline, even though, you know, it takes place in the afterlife, which... In a lot of ways you could say it's like you know it's what comes after you're done with your working life so (laughs) so you could say it kind of follows that um but in case you don't know what the good place is about and of course we're going to be spoiling it so there's big spoilers in the first season that you don't want to know about before you watch it so if you are planning on watching it you know tune in after you've watched it um but the good place is all about People who wake up after they're dead in the quote unquote good place, which is run by Michael, who's supposed to be the architect of the good place, and it's all about these relationships. Primarily, it centers on Eleanor Shellstrop, who finds out, who immediately goes, I'm not supposed to be here, I'm not the same Eleanor Shellstrop that they think is supposed to be in the good place, and I'm supposed to be in the bad place, and her relationship with Chidi and Tahani and Jason, who turns out also to be someone who's not supposed to be in the good place as well. So it's all about their relationship and we'll get to the big twist in the end of season one as well. um, And what that brings about. But okay, so let's go around and let's first talk about Eleanor. We're just going to talk mainly about the characters here. So um, let's talk about Eleanor Shellstrop. Um, Judy,
2: what do you think about Eleanor
1: through the seasons?
0: I...
2: I love her. I mean, I just love that you know, she initially is, you know, I'm just trash from Arizona and, and, you know, this bad person and whatnot. And then she grows into the hero of the story. She's the answer um, and, and ends up leading the group um, to the, the grand experiment and comes up with all the big, Answers and then, of course, her and Chidi are adorable. But mm-hmm. just the character growth and the change from you know just this person who again didn't think that they had done anything good in their life and and didn't deserve to be in the good place to somebody who changed the entire afterworld. So
3: I lo- I loved her. Yeah, yeah, and and Meg. Um, yeah, I. <laughs> I absolutely love Eleanor Shellstrap, and one of the things I love the most about her is that she is such a flawed character and she I had a whole thought and I totally spaced on what it is but I'm sorry <laughs> No, she's just, she's just this wonderful awful person who is very honest about who she is and I think that's one of the Things that have really tied these three shows together, and it's so in, so interesting to see that the Good Place is by the same creators as The Office and Parks and Rec, which are both one hundred percent amazing shows, but it's such different stories. Um, this is really a, a philosophical exploration, and I love that Eleanor is the one that we're seeing it through because she's not perfect she's she's a hot mess and i feel like so much of <laughs> so many of us feel like we are also just messes and so undeserving of this beautiful reward and i really yeah i really love watching her as a character grow not just with chidi or in necessarily in her relationships with other people which of course they shape her um <laughs> but just within herself and seeing her own worth and her own basic worth as a human being, which I thought was really beautiful to see.
4: Yeah. yeah. I like that. And Rebecca. So I find that the task of writing. Eleanor Had been incredibly overwhelming for the writer, because you need to make a person who by general measure, is not a good person. <laughs> and she knows that. Like, you have to make someone who is just not a good person likable. And not likable in the same way that, you know, as we mentioned in some of, uh, you know, Michael Schur's other projects, like, you know, Michael Scott is from, you know, his outset – kind of a buffoon. Like he's kind of cringy and there's a lot of things that he does that you're like, well that's not good. That's terrible. Oh my God, how awful and embarrassing for you. <laughs> and you have to make yourself love him. You have to love Eleanor from the beginning, even though she is not a good person. Um mm-hmm. I think one of the most incredible things that this show was able to accomplish is bringing all of these ideas, these very dry ideas about philosophy and moral philosophy into a very real and understandable context. Um, One of the best analyses of the show that I've ever seen, and this is how I, this really changed how I saw Eleanor. I loved the show from the beginning because I was like, this is just really funny. Um, And I love watching this character who's just kind of a generally terrible person learn how to be good so she doesn't actually get tortured um, is that all four of our main characters, Eleanor Tahani, Chidi, and Jason represent the four different parts of what it takes to be a good moral person, and that mm-hmm. Eleanor, like Chidi, is basically the conscious, the the you know study of what is what is good. Like these mm-hmm. these are morals; these are the principles we should live by. And that Eleanor is Will because she is the one who, unlike Chidi, who, you know, by, you know, study has learned all of the possible, you know, moral philosophy or arguments to what one should or should not do, cannot make a decision and cannot Mm -hmm. follow through with anything, which is what ends up getting him into
3: the -hmm. bad place
4: (laughs) <laughs> and Eleanor, on the other hand, is capable of acting and she is one of the few characters that's really capable of acting and acting in a moral good once she learns what she's supposed to be doing. So I think it's a, it was a really interesting take on how all four of them are necessary to end up creating a true, truly moral um, universe or a truly moral compass because then Tahani mm-hmm. represents duty towards society. Like, because she she has always been very involved in charitable causes and organizing and getting relief to organizations and that Jason was the only one of any of the four cockroaches, as they refer to themselves, who ever <laughs> on earth developed real personal relationships. Like, good yeah. friendships. So he represents like our duty and like loyalty and responsibility to others on a personal level. So I think that's interesting. It's fascinating. It's fascinating to watch them too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and Eleanor, you know, she's like you said, that must've been a really hard character to write because you do have to love her right away because you know, she really is central to the whole story Um, and watching her grow and become a better person and watching her relationships Um, and, you know, and then watching the flashbacks of her on Earth before she died and what kind of person she was and how awful and horrible <laughs> she was. Um, But then learning why that was, that she came from such an awful family that abandoned her and then she took to it to be you know, living on her own and to be herself, to be by herself and to take care of herself. And she's been doing that her whole life. Um, so I think it's another one where she kind of has these walls built up and she's just like, I'm just going to be as selfish as I possibly can because screw it. Nobody else cares about you. People are all out to get each other and for each other. So I'm just going to be like that and live my life the way I want to. Um, and I think that's what she learns so much from everybody in The Good Place, including even Michael, because Michael in a lot of ways is a lot like Eleanor mm-hmm. in some ways. Um, and so I think she learns a lot from the, that relationship and, of course, her relationship with Chidi, which we'll get into here. Um, and her relationship with Tahani and Jason and, um, you know, just trying her hardest to be a good person in the end. That's really what she wants to be. And, and uh, just watching her grow was so interesting. Yeah. And she's so funny. And She's just, she's
3: just. So well, and great. I think what's such a crucial thing about getting us to like Eleanor right away is Kristen Bell. Yes. yes. Um, yeah. I think so yeah. <laughs> much of what makes us able to not just like her, but I fell in love with Eleanor immediately, regardless of her trash. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, well, it's true. I think such a big part of it, though, is that Kristen Bell is able to bring this. Even before we vulnerability, yes, even before we know yes. why, um, she's able to bring it in, and she's still inherently an a, a good person in her soul because she immediately, at least, tells someone tells Chidi, "This isn't right. I don't belong here," mm-hmm. and tries her best to fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that
4: will, yeah, she has the will to be able to act.
3: Absolutely, yeah.
1: Yeah, and if she was a truly despicable person, she would have never told anybody that she's
4: a lot there. She
2: well, would... and that's one of the great things about the show is every single episode there's a moral dilemma. Um, mm-hmm. that they have to solve, some sort of moral and ethical dilemma. And it's interesting watching it and asking yourself what would i do Mm -hmm. you know what i I tell anybody i don't know i
4: I think that's a really interesting point that you bring up because the only two of the four cockroaches the only two who know that they are not supposed to be there are jason and eleanor
3: yeah whereas
4: Mm -hmm. tahani and chidi are like of course i should be in the good place like uh-huh. what could what flaws could I have possibly had? Well, and the, yeah, their self
3: awareness is really an interesting <laughs> dash, I guess, in the <laughs> yeah, in the recipe <laughs> of the show. Of
4: yeah, <laughs> I think maybe that I think maybe you've hit on a key reason why we I think that's why we like Eleanor from the off because she is self aware. It's one thing for somebody to be – for a character to be awful and not know it, and another thing for them to be awful and know that they were kind of awful. But she even says from the beginning, like, I, you know, I never murdered anybody. I'm, I don't deserve <laughs> – Hell, i just deserve a kind of uncomfortable place. well
3: and we see that kind of yeah we see as somebody who lived <laughs> in cleveland i can confirm oh no it was cincinnati wasn't it <laughs> but, yes, you deserve cincinnati. but we, we we see that we see that kind of foil i guess later in the season i can't remember his name but when the character who comes in when they're doing like the test yes oh gosh the guy guy who's awful yeah the dude but he doesn't think it yeah he Mm -hmm. does he doesn't have that same self-awareness and no matter how many times he goes they try they can't get this man to improve himself because he doesn't see anything wrong so i think that and i think it really brings home how much eleanor has grown
1: yeah oh yeah for sure yeah, definitely. Well, and of course, um the character I think that helps her grow the most is Cheedy. So let's get to talking about Cheedy. Um Judy, what are your thoughts on Cheaty?
2: Um, well, first of all, I just love saying Cheedy Audigan Adegan- <laughs> I love the way it flows off the tongue. Yes, it's yes. a beautiful word. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
4: Gorgeous. <laughs>
2: um but uh I've, you know, as you're watching that that first season, and you're thinking that they really are in the good place and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved like watching and trying to figure out, you know, when you when you do find out that it's not the good place, like why? What did he do so mm-hmm. wrong? Um, uh, you know, it, and then finding out that it's just sitting on that fence all the time and mm-hmm. never, thinking, never. Maybe he didn't do anything wrong, but he didn't do anything right either. Um, so I love the lesson there is that um, that indecision and that inability to do the right thing can often be just as bad. Uh, it kind of reminds me of the old, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. quote where he talks about the the, the people that are the, the good meaning neutral people who just kind of don't do anything are even worse mm-hmm. than yeah to do so Mm -hmm. and i just i I, to me that was the most interesting interesting thing about him and his storyline was um that sort of lesson that you learn that oh you know sitting on the fence and doing nothing can be worse than um at least at least you made an attempt at least you did
3: something Mm -hmm. i actually have a
4: one of my best friends uh, is one of these very overthinkers. Uh, and it's a, you know, hi Jess, it's a big source <laughs> of her anxiety. And she, I don't know that she would mind me talking about this. But every <laughs> so often, when, uh, and she and I also love this show, um, when she's just paralyzed about trying to make a decision, I will tell her, Don't be cheaty right now.
3: (laughs) And she'll go, I know, I know that's the character I'm most like and I hate it. Yeah, no one is wearing a what would cheaty do bracelet. Right. Well, the answer would be
2: nothing, of course. (laughs) Cheaty.
3: (laughs) Well, and I think one of the most interesting things about this show is it's so hard to kind of, and it's obnoxious to say that you're going to get into moral relativism when you're talking about a moral philosophy show. But when you look (laughs) back after, like, it's easy when you're watching it live to kind of have those concerns and wonders, like, what did Chidi do? But then you go and you see the bigger picture of it where no one was getting into the good place. So we have no real idea of, like, where would these people have fallen in a just system um so mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. i think it's 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 very it's a very thought-provoking show and i absolutely love chidi oh i love gosh. that he was yeah. killed by an air conditioner for some reason i don't know yes. why <laughs> i find it so appropriate <laughs> so, i agree so it really it was. it was just like it's a window unit air conditioner because you can't commit to central i don't know um but, that probably is but yeah, the case it's just, too. and he's and his his relationship with eleanor and his and honestly with everybody else but his willingness to just support and be there is i think it's a really interesting kind of theme throughout these three shows that we've talked about as far as great relationships um has really been something to watch, and it's. And this is one of those shows where it's hard to just talk about in a linear way. It's it feels a it's, it's Jeremy Bear me. we're all on two things. Because it's all, it yeah, all happens at once, very true.
1: kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, well, with Cheaty, you know, I think, I think for me, Cheedy is definitely my favorite character. Mm-hmm. Um, his, there's so many times where I just want to go, oh my God, just make up your mind. Just make up your mind. Just kind of want to shake him. Um, and I, there's so much insecurity with Cheedy. <laughs> he's so insecure walking around in the world. It just feels like he's just afraid If if he turns right, that, you know, he's, He should have turned left, and if he had turned left, that the world would be okay, but because he turned right, everything in the world fell apart, so it's almost like he feels, to me, I think he thinks he has the whole world on his shoulders, like he's responsible for every problem, he's responsible for fixing everything, and I think that probably goes into him being a... Moral philosophy um, <laughs> guy, but I think, but I, you know, I think that's 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 part of what makes him such a lovable character in a lot of ways. Is you just want him to relax, you just want him to breathe and not be so stressed out all the time and not feel like that fork caught in the garbage <laughs> disposal, like he says, you know. And 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 watching him with Eleanor, I, I, that's why I think they're such a great pair, and we'll talk about them in a second here is because she kind of helps get that fork out of the garbage disposal every once in a while. You know, she helps him be able to relax a little bit. And, well, she, you know, make she, a she gives she's him the first clarity. Person, yeah, she's the first person he says, I love you. I mean, he says, I love you to her, which, you know, as he said, that's the clearest he's ever been on a decision ever. So, it's, So I think they're like this perfect match for each other because they complement what's missing in the other one. Um so I just yeah he's just he's so great and and I just love love William Jackson yeah. Harper he's so great in the role and he just plays that character so wonderfully and he's kind of
2: geeky Well and you know, I know, and,
3: yeah I, I feel just, like if there's one episode it. in this entire show that encapsulates Cheedy it's the Charlie Problem. Yes. <laughs> I love yeah. it. It's one of my favorite episodes, but it very much, I feel like that's what it's like in Chidi's brain all the time over every single decision. Every problem mm-hmm. is a Charlie problem. And yeah,
4: I think anyone who's ever had anxiety or knows or loves someone with anxiety recognizes Chidi mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that's basically his entire life. It's his big crippling flaw, is having basically
3: terrible anxiety. Poor yeah. stomach. Yeah. I know his poor stomach. Yeah.
1: Oh, he's oh. gotta have ulcers. <laughs> I mean, I just kept thinking that way. he's gotta have so many ulcers. Well, that was my yeah, first yeah, hint that guy. this
3: wasn't the good place watching it the first time it was if you're in the good place, why do you have stomach problems? <laughs> 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 it's one of the worst That's feelings ever a is a stomach ache. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that <Yeah. laughs> and clam <laughs> chowder problems. Yeah. <laughs> Oh god! Gross. Oh, god that is wow. so gross. yeah, the clam chowder
1: fountains. I actually don't think I've ever had a clam chowder, so but I'm not a
3: big clam chowder. Fan, so... And even I found that completely disgusting. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Okay, let's move on to Eleanor and Cheedy together. We've talked a little bit about them, but um, May- uh, Judy, do you ship them together?
2: I do, um, but it. <laughs> It took a, it took a little for me to to, to get on board. Um, I mean, they just seem so different and you know incompatible. And you know, when they first said, "Oh, this is your soulmate," just kidding, it's not. Um, I don't know. I just I, it took a little while for me to get on board, but then it becomes such a central storyline. Their their love drives so much of the show that yeah, I ended up you know. Shipping the hook, line, and sinker. I'm in. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah, I absolutely feel the same. I well, I I ship them pretty much from the get go because they're two <laughs> beautiful people. Um, <laughs> That's all it takes. <laughs> they're two beautiful humans who have great chemistry with each other, and just they're they're playing off each other it was just hilarious and endearing. Um I'm just gonna throw it here that I love that Eleanor yes. is so a true like, like she's
4: a actually great good representation of a true bisexual character. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly.
3: By pan, I'm not like that, she is just she is into the people mm-hmm. she's into and she doesn't give a shit um and i love that and i but i love how they were set up to be joke soulmates with each other but i love how it turned out that they actually were soulmates and they really were it wasn't just eleanor who was the answer to the universe basically and the afterlife it was them together and not just those mm. two but yeah. all four of them really not just soulmates but like together. the most
2: important relationship in the universe
3: <laughs> yeah well again yes yeah exactly like, for- like yeah. wow <laughs> my marriage well, it's like, yeah. fantastic i love you <laughs>
4: i think that idea so okay i i love eleanor and chidi um but I mentioned my friend Jess. I'm going to have to tell her to listen to this episode because I talk about her a lot. Um, (laughs) So very early (laughs) on in the show, uh, she and I would talk about whether or not Eleanor and Chidi were actually soulmates because she thought that Eleanor and Michael were actually supposed to be soulmates. And I Hmm. would love to ask the people who are participating in today's podcast and all those listening whether you think based on the way the show unfolds all the different like couple combinations that we see the reboots of the afterlife in which chidi and eleanor don't end up together romantically whether or not the show is saying that soulmates are real or not
1: um well and and first i'll talk about Eleanor and Cheedy, mm-hmm. my my thoughts on that. Um, and then get to that question because that's an interesting question. Um, I I love Eleanor and Cheedy, and I loved them from the very beginning, like like you, Meg, and not just because they're beautiful, but <laughs> but that was a big part of it. I mean, he's, I know, I know, but I'm just well, that's I, not I, why, um, but. <laughs> but And especially, I just, I think William Jackson Harper is just the most adorable adorable. man in the world. (laughs) Plus, I just have a thing for guys and glasses. So, yeah. Um, But anyway, anyway, sorry, a (laughs) little side note there. But I I thought, I just love them together because they're opposites. I think that's why they're so great together. And the scene where Chidi walks across when, when they're in the judge's office and walks over to her and kisses her and it's this, and there's so much intent there and he's made a decision and it's just, Oh, I just love that. Scene. that gives I think me it's chills. so great. And I, I, the first time I saw it, I actually rewound it a couple of times <laughs> and it again and again, because it was just so sweet <laughs> and it was really seeing Chidi making a decision, um, you know, and really being bold and going out there and getting it. And, and the scene where they have to say goodbye to each other it, I'm not talking about in the series finale. I'm talking about um, when Chidi says, uh, you have to erase yes. my memory. He oh raises. my God. And they're sitting there watching oh, yeah. the film of their moments together. I cried. That, that was, was just, that was, <laughs> that was so, I cried. That was so, I cried. so absolutely heartbreaking because I was like, no, no. And you knew that they would end up together. I just knew they would, because I do think they are soulmates. And I think the reason they're soulmates is you see in every iteration of the good place that Michael puts together. And even when they're on earth, they still find each other and they are what makes, they make each other better people. Mm -hmm. They support each other. Um, They're the yin to the yang kind of thing. And so I do think they are soulmates Um, as far as like believing that the show believes in soulmates. That's, that's a difficult one. I'll, I'll leave it to you guys to answer that. I'll have to think about that for a second. Judy, what do you think about that?
2: yeah i i i do think so um i i do think that they are the soulmates and that the show kind of believes that they are soulmates i i definitely see what your friend um means by the the relationship between um michael and eleanor. And, uh, and eleanor because it's so it's so important and they really do click almost more of a father-daughter kind of thing than than Chippy to
3: me. Yeah. Um, I think it's a really interesting question because I I don't necessarily think that the show is questioning soulmates, but I love that. I think that Eleanor and Chidi are soulmates, but I think what's interesting is the question of whether or not soulmates have to be a romantic pairing. Um, And I think that that's kind of more of what the show is going towards than saying there's no such thing as soulmates. I think it's kind of exploring... Um, cause I think you could actually make the argument that the four of them or the five of them, if you want to include Michael in it or six, if you want <laughs> to, <laughs> um, but the four of them really could be considered to be soulmates mm-hmm. with each other because they all bring something. They all bring something out in the other, in the other people in this little foursome that I think if we get any other four people, we wouldn't have, they wouldn't have gone through this journey together. So I do think Eleanor and Chidi are, like, romantic soulmates, but I think that we shouldn't, or it shouldn't be cheapened what Tahani and Jason and Mm -hmm. Eleanor and Chidi all are to each other. And also the idea of Michael and Eleanor's, is just gross. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) For me, that is much more of a platonic, like we talked, I talked about Ron and Leslie's relationship, and I think this kind of falls in that Mm -hmm. same, Um, arena of just people who really really deeply care about each other and love each other in a very familial or Mm -hmm. platonic way Um, but it's a really interesting thought about as far as the soulmates goes but I kind of think that yeah like I said I think they're all four soulmates with each other I don't think any of them could have gotten to their place at the end without all of them yeah. Being a part of it, yeah. And what are your
4: thoughts then, Rebecca?
3: I actually I think that the
4: idea that soulmate is not necessarily a romantic one, but a a set of people that do, and I think it's a very interesting take for the for a TV show to be able to handle because most TV shows are whether they're fictional or especially documentary style, they are very linear. There And they do get a chance, I think what's so interesting about mm-hmm. the show is that because of where it's set, there is a fantasy element that even works better than most fantasy shows where we, you have time travel in some other shows and even in fantasy sh- fantasy shows that doesn't work usually, it usually feels like a cop out. And in this show, it really works. So you get to see all these different combinations. And even when they're back on Earth and when they get a chance to be rebooted, Eleanor finds Chidi and Chidi's dating someone else. And you don't get an indication from Eleanor that that's like a problem for her. Like, because, yeah, yeah, like that's not like that's not part of the point. In fact, she's the one who encourages him to ask um, Simone. Is that her name? I believe. I'll I think it it's up sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. To ask her out. And I was like, I do I, I like this idea that they it's sort of the one question that they don't come up with a solution for in the show. They they find a way to address all of these, you know, potential problems with the afterlife to kind of create an ideal afterlife. And the one question that the show never definitively answered is whether or not soulmates were real. But they made a point that all six of these people were essential to each other. And I liked that idea that perhaps Mm -hmm. in an idea of, in a creation of soulmates, that it was, you needed to be able to combine all of these different aspects of, I guess, either a moral person or a whole person to be able to be complete. And... Mm -hmm. I liked that idea Mm -hmm. that you do need all of these different types of people in your life to make every one of them whole.
1: Yeah. I like, I like that. I like that description of it. Yeah. And yeah. And I, and I love the, the friendship soulmate thing of it doesn't have to be romantic. I like that idea as well, because I definitely think these four were meant to be together. (laughs) They just were, I mean, they, they do they compliment each other so well and um whatever anyone else has a flaw and they kind of you know compliment they make the perfect human being quote-unquote perfect Mm -hmm. um person together yeah so let's dive into the other two cockroaches Tahani and Jason (laughs) (laughs) Judy what are your thoughts on on both of them individually and
2: yeah yeah so um Tahani oh gosh I just love her story um it's you know when you find out her background my gosh it's so tragic and painful that she spent her entire life right. faking it and and living you know trying so hard to to live up to her sister and earn her parents' love and respect or whatever and you know she spent she spent her entire life Using her relationships with all these celebrities and you know the parties she threw and all of that kind of stuff just to try to fill that gigantic void inside of her that she never could, mm-hmm. so her story just breaks my heart, um, nice. but then her ending is my favorite what she you know i I love that she made a choice to day and she chose the the funk an actual function that she wanted to do um I, I don't know I just I just I just love her her whole arc um because it goes from being so heartbreaking to so joyous for me and then um and Jason oh god mm-hmm. I just love him I mean what a, what a, what an adorable Himbo, uh, <laughs> the absolute best, um, and you know Donkey Doug and uh, everything about Jason and and oh boys. I, I guess I I don't know. It takes me a while <laughs> because he's another one that at first I didn't I didn't get the value. I'm like, okay, what is he adding to the group here? Um, but then you know, as as the story moved on he became probably my favorite character um and just his his dumb but like just his simple wisdom Mm -hmm. um (laughs) you know when it came out it was just such a gorgeous (laughs) thing and he also reminded me of um some people that I know and love (laughs) who (laughs) just sort of have that um simplicity but it's mm-hmm. it's just it reminds us all to find the joy in the simple things.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a great way to put it. Yeah,
3: uh, and and Meg, <laughs> um, yeah. So I I love them both. I think watching Tahani grow from this performative uh, charity and philanthropy of her life. Um, where she was always doing good things but her intentions behind it were never um, selfless they were always very much for the recognition and it's an interesting kind of conversation about charitable giving and the the whole idea like if it's really charitable then you shouldn't want publicity huh. for it and things like that and we see a lot uh-huh. of that kind of now on social media where people are kind of sharing like we did this great thing and then you see people who are like well if why do you need the praise for it and everything? So that's always been an interesting kind of conundrum yeah. because there's a line between raising awareness of what you're doing or of a charity you want to help and then basking in the glory <laughs> of the moral dessert. I like that. <laughs> yeah. that. So, so I, it was really interesting to watch Tahani go from someone who's doing the, the right thing And she was, she was always Mm -hmm. doing good, but it was never for the, it was never altruistic. It was always in some way self-serving and to see her grow from that to ultimately when she did make that decision to become an architect and, and to genuinely and anonymously pretty much help people better themselves, I thought that was such a beautiful growth and, and story arc for her. And Jason is just I love Jason. He's such a yeah. doofus Like I love him so much. One of my favorite Jason moments is when Michael keeps trying to reboot it the neighborhood in season two. And when Jason yep. figures out it's yes. he goes, wait, Jason figured it out <laughs> you know. And he it's, has that and nugget it's of just, wisdom that you're just like no yeah. yeah it's just and it is it's just such an unexpected it's like you know we talk about like kids say the darndest things and <laughs> it's very much kind of the same thing with jason it's like a blind squirrel eventually <laughs> finds a nut, but when he does it's always so yeah, important and i just and i i love him and i love his relationship with tahani i love his yeah. relationship with janet um and i do love that he and eleanor are the two that are the most self-aware because he knows he doesn't belong he knows he has no place in the good place in the beginning and i love that that's like that's their connection in the very beginning i just i think he's a great character um the only complaint i have is that this character seems to have started a little bit of a trend of really hot stupid asian dudes.
4: that is so <laughs> funny that you say that because i uh and i i agree with a lot of this praise the praise of the show for being very effortless effortlessly effortlessly <laughs> i talks real good uh very Yes, I make good words go. That it's very diverse without having to try. And the actor who plays Jason Mm -hmm. has said that he, in said in interviews that he really loved the fact that he got to play this sort of idiot because he feels like as an Asian man, he often gets typecast that he needs to be like a nerd, like a scientist, like a, a very, that that is not something that you get typecast as as an Asian man. And I was like, yeah, you know, come to think of it, all of these, you know, you have Tahani, the upper class socialite from a Pakistani family. Is that correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Chidi Anagonye, the scholar who is from Africa. Like, that, you know, in some ways, it, like it very, yeah. the show is very good about breaking down some um, stereotype expectations and being very diverse in its casting without having to think too hard about it. Like, yeah, I I love that about it. I did, I'd love to know later how you think, uh, uh, where you you see the the dumb
3: Asians. Oh, I mean, I can, I can tell you, I can tell you right now, it's not even like a a big thing or anything. It's not like this sudden wave (laughs) of hot, dumb Asian dudes. (laughs) No, uh, there's another show, Single Parents, where there's a Um, hot, dumb Asian dude, and it came out a couple years after the good place and it was just like okay well this guy like you, you could see what they were trying to do with it the character not and it working. was just it it didn't it didn't feel genuine like huh. so anyway <laughs> and- <laughs> it's not a big trend
1: <laughs> and and rebecca what do you think about tahani
4: oh i it took it actually took me the longest to understand tahani out of any of them and i think it's because i could see pretty pretty immediately like whether jason was there for you know just extra comedy or if he was there because what he brought was a real love of the simple things in life that i felt like some of the other characters lacked an appreciation like everything needed to be very you know rich and top shelf for tahani in order to be happy, whereas, you know, Jason's idea of like ideal things he wants to do in the afterlife is have a perfect game of Madden, and yeah, <laughs> there is something that I just love. I, I like. I understood that right away, even when I'm like, okay, this guy's supposed to be kind of a you know a douchebag, but there wasn't there was really anything like harmful about it. Like he never really wanted to hurt anybody, even when mm-hmm. you cut back to him on Earth. And he's talking to his friend Pillboy about uh his ambitions. He's like, "I don't just want to be the greatest d j in Tallahassee. I want to be the greatest d j in Miami and Orlando." <laughs> 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 He doesn't even have ambitions to be like the greatest DJ or like EDM in the world. In yeah. the world, it's just like,
3: of the uh, southeast.
2: Can, will anybody else never hear ja- the word Jacksonville Jaguars the same yeah, again? Just,
3: <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, he's my favorite he's Florida man. man.
4: I say. But it took me a while to understand Tahani because I was like, God, what am I supposed to like about this person? I pre- like once once it became more clear towards the end of the first season that yeah, we're not in like none of these people are supposed to be in the good place. I could see I could see that selfishness, that that like need for attention in her. And I agree, once we got to know a bit more about her backstory, I really did start to feel sorry for her. Like sort of like Michael Scott in the office. Like, this is somebody who just so desperately wants to really be loved. And I think that Jason gives her that, but so do so do the other cockroaches. Um, so I ended up coming to like mm-hmm. to like Tahani, but she would, might be the one that took me the longest. Um, I so I mentioned this in the last episode. One of my uh, brain's hobbies when I'm awake in the middle of the night and can't sleep is I start sorting fictional characters and real people <laughs> into Harry Potter Hogwarts houses, and I saw this meme one day of uh, it was a picture of from uh, i want to say it was sometime in season three of janet eleanor tahani and jason standing together and it's it said ah this is how i always love picturing the original four founders of hogwarts um <laughs> <meet> <laughs> janet
2: and weren't Blue. they dressed in the hogwarts colors too yes, i think i've seen were. that same meme and it was like wow
4: somebody got it perfect yeah and i said no this is accurate (laughs) yeah like uh, she's uh tahani's in green jason's in red eleanor's in yellow and janet's in blue and i'm like no this is perfect and i think somehow seeing tahani as a slytherin really helped me love her more (laughs) like i was like yes (laughs) that's what she is she is a well-intentioned slytherin she has all that ambition to get to the top And the ability to do it. And she thinks she's doing it for all the right reasons because she's helping people on the way. (laughs) (laughs) That's my thoughts on Tahani. (laughs) She is a Slytherin with good intentions.
1: And I'm so, I, it's so funny because you keep saying those houses and I'm like, I have, I, know nothing about harry potter <laughs> but i have sorted myself into houses before and now and i did one recently and it was by choosing cakes and it sorted you <laughs> into a house and now i can't remember what it is i'll, I'll have to go back and look but um but it, but so that's why it's so interesting when you when you bring those up because i'm like oh man i have to look this up and see if this, how this fits this character um
4: but i love that you do that that's pretty cool um, yep slytherin houses ambition efficient, resourcefulness uh cunning mm-hmm. yeah that's her see that's her <laughs> that is really her i'm just a, i'm
3: just a, huff. hey, hufflepuff. <laughs> a hufflepuff
4: eleanor's a hufflepuff <laughs> she is hardworking she learns moral philosophy and she decides to put her knowledge to use for everyone else because it is the right thing to do not because she wants glory for yeah. herself so
3: yeah. Well, my my friend does the same thing you do. She sorts <laughs> people into in the Hogwarts houses. She is adamant that Dean Winchester is a Hufflepuff, Ooh. and I have subscribed to that analysis. <laughs> We've- we will he, does hugs. <laughs> he does love Hogs. He does, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and we'll we'll have to talk about that too when we do our. um our supernatural episodes have been moved because supernatural stopped filming so they're not going to have their series finale in may so that's been moved to right now tentatively in august um so we'll definitely have to talk about um this the sorting there so yeah and and then and then i'll just say i mean tahani i, I kind of agree with you rebecca as far as like kind of liking her i i liked her but she took a little bit of, uh, Longer for me. Um, and I think a lot of that is, is I've known a lot of Tahani in my life actually.
3: Too.
1: Yeah. And, and they weren't necessarily friends at all. They were people that I just kind of knew and I never felt comfortable with, or, you know, they just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But as the show went on, I grew to really love her and feel for her because she is really inside just this little girl who wants her parents' love. And she's fighting for that so much and having to live in the shadow of her sister, who really isn't that great of a person. (laughs) Her sister's a trash Yeah, her sister is just, I mean, I think Tahani is 10 times better than her sister, honestly. (laughs) But I do love how Tahani's story ended. And I also love that she got to had this reconciliation with her family. I thought that was so great that she got to have that because I think that's why she was able to choose to help other people because she made peace with this thing that has haunted her, her whole life with wanting the love of her family and her parents and having that. So being able to make peace with them, I thought that was so beautiful that she got a chance to do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Jason, Jason is just so great he's like he's like a teddy bear in a lot of ways he's he's just he's so lovable and sweet and and he means well he genuinely does mean well i think he just doesn't always know you know like eleanor says i think you know about you know i don't remember how many what the percentage was that that he knows of what they're actually talking about like he never actually knows what's going on Uh, but then he'll have those pearls of wisdom like you guys mentioned that are just so great and his love of Jacksonville is just, (laughs) I've never been there. He reminds me a
3: lot of Andy Dwyer, honestly. Yeah,
1: I can see that. Yeah, I can see that totally.
3: (laughs) Yeah, so he's,
1: he's, yeah, I love him. And I love him and Janet together. I just, I think they're so perfect together. They just, oh, they just compliment each other in this way that you never would expect. Like, that was not something I ever expected to see happen on the show, (laughs) but they fit perfectly together. They're just, yeah, they're kind of just, well,
3: and I love how he saves the day by, recognizing, by knowing that it's not really Janet because mm-hmm. yeah. he calls her girl and she doesn't say not a girl. Yeah. Like, I just have such a sweet See, moment in there. And, and then right at that. the end Sorry.
2: when he's leaving he says, like, goodbye not a girl or something like that i forget what it was
3: but it was like (laughs) oh he's hanging out in the woods for how long because he couldn't find that was in his pocket oh good lord (laughs) i
4: think though, that's like again that that comes back to that's what jason brings to this whole group is that he Mm. has this he has this ability to connect with people individually so that he's the only one that recognizes when she says, she doesn't say, not a girl. And I actually, so thinking about, so I finally watched the end of the show. I'd been avoiding it for a long time. Uh, for a long time, for all the, like, what, three weeks that it's been out or whatever. <laughs> um, I, I had to avoid it, though, because I didn't want the show to end. And I was like, I I, I don't know if I'm going to be okay with how they end it. Endings are very difficult to write and i i really loved how they ended it and i saw an interesting take that jason actually ends up being the monk that he was supposed to portray in the beginning Mm. because he spends however many jeremy (laughs) barramies sitting there in the woods like basically meditating and kind of slowing down and being at peace sort of that last little piece of him that he needed to fix to be complete like learning how to slow down and go from being this big barrel of energy to calm yeah that's i like Mm -hmm. that i like that too
1: i'm gonna believe that that's what happened so i do too. yeah that's how i believe it it (laughs) yeah that's great okay well let's get into the people that are not the quote-unquote cockroaches (laughs) Uh, first, first, Michael, oh my um, <laughs> Judy, so Judy, what are your thoughts on Michael?
2: Um, well, I always love a twist on um, what the stereotype of something is supposed to be. So, you know, somebody that is supposed to be a demon finding morality and trying to change things for the better and all of that so that's that's what i just love about michael um that's one of my favorite tropes um is just the you know that that what you're supposed to be what you're designed to be doesn't have to be what you are so that's what i love about michael
4: i love that too oh yeah
3: yeah, no, I I love Michael. I love his complete and utter delight um, in tricking them at the end of the first season. Like he's just so excited <laughs> that his plan almost worked, <laughs> and I that was such a a brilliant twist um, to find out that they were in the bad place at the end of the first season, um, and his just complete fascination with humanity because of these four humans and he, how he grows to fall in love with humanity and I'm so excited for him that he got his reward of becoming human um, and also Ted Danson is amazing Yes, and I just love him so much but he is Michael is just such a well written well acted character and i yeah i i'm sorry i totally lost my train of thought i got really excited <laughs> i had i had all these things i was going to talk about with michael and i just got really excited and totally forgot all of them um, <laughs> i love the fascination with paper clips that paper clips oh, yeah. are a kind of yes.
4: beautiful <laughs> object
3: I think he, Mm -hmm. he,
4: again, you have this very difficult task in writing a character and they did it so well that he, he is a demon, but he still needs to be likable, but he's supposed to come off as sort of an angel at first. And you need, uh, you need a deity type figure who is still Mm -hmm. lovable. And I think, I think you've hit on exactly why he is lovable because, whether he's supposed to be torturing them or helping them get into the good place or helping them run the good place, he does have this genuine fascination with humanity as. then he sometimes um, yeah. accidentally tortures. Yeah, he too. does. <laughs> 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 like during the trolley problem episode. I think one of my favorite episodes ever is when Michael has his existential crisis. Mm-hmm. And. Like that, the episode before it ends with him realizing that he could no longer exist, and just collapsing onto Eleanor's lap in this like, total existential <laughs> funk. Like, <laughs> I'm like, this is the greatest thing! I I'm so excited to see a char- a deity type character, so like an eternal, immortal being have an existential crisis <laughs> Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is so yeah. hard to do in a tv show and it doesn't so
1: <laughs> yeah it's so so great yeah and a lot of that i think goes not only to the writing but to ted danson again just oh, to yeah praise him he's he's, yeah
3: absolutely
1: he's so amazing i mean he just uh, michael michael's such a great interesting character just watching him you know Mm. and and i love that he didn't stay um that he didn't become a complete foil for the cockroaches (laughs) i love that he became their friend yes i just think that's Mm. so great and i love that he was working with them because i think if they had kept him as a nemesis, uh, I, I think it would have kind of ruined his character and ruined a lot of things that are great about the show, because not only are the humans learning, but the demons are learning, <laughs> too. So it shows that, you know, not everything that is on the surface good is the only thing that's good, you know, mm-hmm. if if all the flawed people, we do have chances to become better. So,
3: well, it's like Wreck It Ralph. Just because you're a bad guy doesn't make you a bad guy. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you may be a bad guy. Plus, oh, the wisdom of Disney. Yes. <laughs> uh, but we had Sean to be the bad guy, and he was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, he <laughs> was, was so great, great. bad
4: I love guy. Sean, <laughs> uh, who was also the yeah. Saperstein family attorney.
2: Yeah.
3: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's so, another
2: thing I love on. about all these. Michael share comedies is seeing the same side characters in all of them mm-hmm. and how they they bring back the same actors uh, that's always yeah. that's always a treat for me.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, that's one thing I love too. And then also taking some of the uh side characters and turning them to main characters like Kristen Bell was you know, a side character on Parks and Rec. Um, you know, when she ran against um when she wanted to get eleanor's uh, eleanor i'm sorry leslie leslie's seat, seat, on the seat. Yeah, yeah yes
4: yeah because yep. she was from yes. Eagle mm-hmm. yeah
1: yep yep and where she, where she got to show off her uh, singing chops there with her <laughs> operatic moment that she does briefly <laughs> with eleanor uh, i mean with eleanor i keep saying eleanor sorry all these shows mixing together in my head uh, <laughs> okay, well and let's talk about who i think michael's best friend is in the show really even though i think eleanor is too but i think his real best friend turns out to be
4: janet yeah in the end yeah yeah so let's janet was the one that designed the neighborhood Mm -hmm. for that matter like without just because it's her nature to help even though she's a good place janet there was no like when he asked what's something that seems like a good thing but is actually kind of terrible and she immediately answers frozen yogurt. <laughs> and
3: she's, yeah, right. she's right. <laughs> like,
4: because she doesn't necessarily have a she doesn't have like a moral compass to begin with. And talking about characters that you believe are supposed to be one thing or another being able to change, she does develop like human characteristics. She does let, later develop like humanity and like compassion and jealousy even and things like that she develops all these things like from the beginning there's no question for her like why would you want to put in something that's terrible if this is the good place (laughs) like it's just Mm -hmm. this is what you've requested i will well
3: put in in frozen yogurt and i honestly i honestly think the powerhouse in this entire series is darcy Oh, i
4: love her so much
3: Mm -hmm. she is amazing the episode janet's where she plays everybody is just it's a great feat it's 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 fantastic she was amazing and she and you know she is able to be the straight man while actually always being hilarious (laughs) yeah (laughs) which is so difficult and and janet is just such a wonderful character and to see this character who is not a, not a person. Not a person. You know, not a person, <laughs> not a robot, not anyone that we should be able to relate to on any kind of level only because she is not human and she does not feel the things that we feel and to watch her grow and and to be able to relate to her, I think that is 100% to Carden's credit. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> And I think more than any other character on the show, I think Janet really holds everything together. She's just, I, I love, Janet's probably one of my favorite, Janet is probably my favorite character on the whole show. Uh, She's yeah. just amazing. She's the best.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah Judy, but. So she's the best, she said. We went
3: backwards.
2: (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. I don't, I don't, I don't mind going backwards. I mean, you guys said a lot about her that I uh,
3: completely agree with. You guys said a lot.
2: No, (laughs) no, no. I, I, yeah, I agree with your assessment. I get to say it first. (laughs) Yeah, her, her deadpan, but also so much, you know, heart at the same time. Uh, Agreed. That's, that's what draws you in about Janet
3: kill me kill me Michael she's so optimistic (laughs) yes
1: yeah (laughs) yeah she's she's great she's great yeah I don't really have anything else to add I think you guys put it perfectly she's and and she grew too I mean you know Mm -hmm. her her, and her relationship again with Jason was just so great and and Michael and, and it's and watching the different um the D- different janets yes <laughs> yeah. yeah and the bad janet too is just so great and then i know that um mj who was on our office episode wanted to uh, talk about um janet and especially disco janet so losing janet for the <laughs> yeah yeah so she, she wanted to complain a little bit about losing janet um especially disco janet on skates cuz oh. yeah cuz she said oh, the janets
3: unionized.
4: Janet really yeah <laughs> yes i do feel like janet Uh, janet is the character that i have seen people cosplay at comic cons Mm -hmm. and i don't know if that's just because she's the one character in the show apart from michael i mean i guess you could cosplay michael too but even michael gets some different outfits that she has a consistent and distinctive look and that she herself is so very different from anything i think any character on television ever that it's pretty easy to be recognizably Janet.
2: Well, and Mm -hmm. it's also pretty easy to mess up a character with that much power. Right. um, To, you know, just make them this this...
4: powerful deity that is disconnected from all emotion.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So to make her disconnected from emotion, but still have emotion and very powerful yet vulnerable. uh, Yeah, they did a great job with her.
4: Yeah, the writing yeah, task for this for show sure. is just, it, it, when you think about what it's actually about, is really, really an enormous mountain to handle.
3: It's incredibly impressive. <laughs> like, it, if you think about the breadth and depth of, if you're talking moral philosophy, of the essential questions that we ask about what it is to be human. Like, I know. In a sense to put that comedy. And to put yeah. it into yes. a hilarious 30 minute sitcom and to make it relatable and to make it but not only just relatable, it's a show that everyone I know who watches it, they would watch an episode and they sit and they think. Yes. Like and this that, is that not was a the show point. that Yeah, exactly. And this was a show that I watched live and I haven't really binged i've i've watched a few episodes here and there but this is a show that i just feel like i personally i i can't necessarily binge it because it makes you think and sit down and 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 have this really hard conversation with yourself
2: has anybody about... watched it with other people and yes, after the show had that. those conversations afterwards because i've had yes. some of those and it and that's it's fun and fascinating to you yeah. know end a end a sitcom and be like hmm what would you do in the trolley situation or whatever you know it may be all these well, different and, yeah and, and every episode thing, like, is some moral philosophy challenge
3: yeah well, challenge and my, to the and mind my, my dad and I would would do that so we watched my sister and I would also but we would watch it and we weren't always at the same spot because my dad is whatever um <laughs> so my dad um but he is very much a person who always has to digest shows like he can't sit down he can't watch an episode and then immediately talk about it he has to watch it and think about it for a few days and then we'll get together and we'll talk about it and that's how he is with like castle so imagine the good place (laughs) (laughs) so but it, it it's such a fascinating and impressive feat and i don't think I think The Good Place is a show unlike not just any other Mark, uh, Mike Sure show or Greg Daniel show. Um, I think it's unlike any show that we've ever really seen because it takes such a huge, huge question and breaks it down to be relatable and something that we can talk Adjustable. about and, feel, and, and can feel comfortable mm-hmm. talking about. Um, and also find the hilarity in and hope yeah 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 exactly because life is funny and dumb (laughs) (laughs) well but it is but yeah so i'm sorry
1: (laughs) no i think that's and i think that's a great place to sort of wrap things up and end in the talk on it and go sort of back full circle to the the rest of the shows, because I think that's a great way to describe the good place
2: and what's so special about it. And can I ask one question to the panel here about the good place?
3: Yes. Mm -hmm.
2: What do you think was the significance of the very, very end, you know, when, when Eleanor Mm -hmm. became the little glowing dot and uh, I guess inspired that guy to give Michael his mail, (laughs) I I've been kind of racking my brain. What does it mean? <laughs> does anybody have thoughts?
3: Well, I like, is that supposed to be kind of an a, the a nod to the idea of reincarnation? I don't know, but the guy was already there. Okay. Or, reincarnated, well right? no, but or or just or we're all just energy. Maybe So mm-hmm.
4: that's actually the kind of it's sort of the idea that I took from it, actually is this idea that um it's actually sort of i think i think it's supposed to tie into chidi's final like buddhist
3: thoughts oh my god like, that made me cry so hard
4: i know I, I was crying i was watching it in the middle of the night recently because i couldn't sleep and i'm like okay i'm just gonna finish the good place like i'm just gonna do it and like <laughs> husband's asleep next to me and i'm sitting here like
3: in bed with my laptop going <laughs> <laughs> <I can't laughs> believe
1: I'm
3: it's such a beautiful comfort though like i i i with what's going on and, and I've lost loved ones before, but that I, that whole idea mm-hmm. really helps. I'm sorry. I don't yes. interrupt. Go ahead. Well, <laughs>
4: so, um, you know, in, as the show gets into some very serious topics, I'll bring up my, my own serious one. Recently, my boss passed away right around Thanksgiving. Um, so mm-hmm. I work in a physics laboratory and I, uh, I was asked to, to write something or I was asked to talk uh, at his celebration of, of life, and this is I promise this all leads back to what I think that yellow dot means um, so there's a beautiful essay written by a physicist called why like a uh, eulogy from a physicist and it's all about looking at life and death from a physics perspective, in that you know, according to the law of the conservation of energy um that no part of us is ever really gone we are just simply mm-hmm. less organized all of the heat all of the energy that is that makes you that you know sends all the brain waves through through your mind into your hands to create things that all still exists it's just in a less orderly fashion after you die and so as i was watching the end of the show i thought about that essay and i thought about like reading that at my boss's um you know memorial for my coworkers, um and a lot of physicists actually coming up to me afterwards and saying you know that's a really beautiful um sentiment and thinking maybe that's kind of what the show is getting at that they no longer exist in this whole entity but that there are parts of themselves that are still in existence in the universe and that can still interact with people on Earth, and act as that conscious that Eleanor talked about throughout the show, which is why when she sort of lands on that guy's shoulder, which this is something that actually happened to her in one of her turns on Earth, that she mm-hmm. went and returned somebody's mail to them. <laughs> so yeah. I thought of this as sort of like this beautiful blend between physics and philosophy to me. <laughs> and that's what I took from it. So not as a reincarnation, but sort of as a yeah. blend between the metaphysical and the physical
3: universe. Yeah, and that's and that makes more sense than reincarnate. I'm not sure where reincarnation came from. It just kind of lit at me. <laughs> <But> <laughs> well, no, you that- said you said it so much better. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, no, I can see why reincarnation would pop in, pop into your head, but yeah, I thought that was thought that was wonderful what you said Rebecca yeah because it's it's because I'm not sure I mean I took it as like the essence was you know everybody's essence was kind of going to help Michael that's how I I took Mm -hmm. it was that they always sort of belong together no matter where they
2: are so that's that's the way I
1: interpreted that I don't know but yeah
2: well thanks everybody for your feedback I had you know (laughs) it's been one of those things I just kept sort of you know marinating (laughs) in my mind ever since the finale thinking "Hmm, what what does it all mean (laughs) (laughs) and I guess that's what that's the whole point of the show it you're supposed to think and ask yourself these questions and um you know see things a little differently Mm
1: -hmm. yeah that's what makes it such a great show okay well I um well we're going to circle back now a little bit um, to all three of them. I want to first just mention a couple of things, a polls that I took um, of people on Facebook and Twitter at the same time. And I already on the last episode covered the, um, side characters and parks and rec who everybody's favorite one was. And as I said, Jean Raphael won that hands down. (laughs) Um, And some of the other ones I asked, (laughs) some of the other ones I asked was um, because what I think is so amazing about actually, you know what? I'll get to that one in a second. I asked what everybody's favorite couple was. Um, and Facebook, it was kind of tied between Ben and Leslie and Jim and Pam. It seemed like Jim and Pam kind of had a little bit of an edge, uh, but interestingly enough on Twitter, Eleanor and Cheedy won that one, um, <laughs> which I thought was really interesting. Um, and then for the good place, I asked who would you want to be stuck with, um, in eternity? Like if all the characters, who Ooh. would be your favorite to be stuck with? And Janet won on Facebook, <laughs> um, and Eleanor and Chidi tied on Twitter. So it was just interesting that both <laughs> platforms had different different ideas. And then um, the last question I asked on there was about endings and what everybody's favorite ending was between The Office, Parks and Rec, and The Good Place. And The Office won on Twitter and The Good Place won on Facebook. And what I, but what I think is so great about all of these shows are the endings. Um, You know, The Office, I think, had gone downhill, but I think that series finale is absolutely perfect. I think the Parks and Rec finale is perfect. I think the Good Place finale is perfect. Um, And it would be hard for me to choose my favorite. I would probably go with Parks and Rec, um, but I think they're all just. So great. So I just want to ask you guys how you feel about the endings of all three shows. Just, I mean, and I, I know Judy, you're not as much in in the office, but you know, if you want to comment on that one as well, Judy. But
3: well, I will skip the office because I haven't watched <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> well, um, we know yeah, what you're doing but, this yeah. quarantine.
2: <laughs> I gotta, <laughs> I gotta finish Buffy first, man.
3: <laughs> yeah, you got, that's you a have so that's much. A lot. You have so much time, Judy. <laughs>
2: yes. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I work for a cable company and my, my job is to keep the streaming video running mm-hmm. and good Lord, the whole country is streaming 10 times <laughs> more video right now than they were two weeks ago. You guys are killing me. Thank <laughs> we've you. Been, for- we've been, yes. we've been working like dogs. Thank you. yeah, <laughs> You're quite welcome. But anyway, so, um, where was I? Oh yeah. But so met. I, yeah, I, I, I did love the parks and rec. Um, Finale, just because I-, I love getting that glimpse of what happens next, um, you know like I love if i 'm reading a, a a book or a fanfic or whatever, and you know that final chapter is that you know ten years down the line mm-hmm. and I-, I love seeing what happens next because I- it fulfills mm-hmm. that curiosity in me however i don 't know that i 've ever seen a show with a more perfect ending than the good place um, mm-hmm. and again it 's because it makes you. Mm-hmm think and it just ends everybody's story so beautifully and the sacrifice that eleanor is willing to make for chidi is heartbreaking and tear-jerking and yeah i think i think it was one of the more perfect and satisfying um finales of any series i've seen
4: yeah i agree i think that it's I agree. All three series um, had satisfactory endings. And I think that's hard to do sometimes with the TV show, especially one that runs for a long time, like The Office did, um, especially where you have later seasons that kind of start losing their way and feel uneven to give it a a good concrete ending where you feel, you as the audience, feel okay leaving these characters that you've come to love. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. especially for a show... I think my favorite ending of the three, the most complete was The Good Place. And I think that's because they had a very difficult job of trying to wrap up the afterlife because it would have been very easy to just get to the good place and have that be the end and just say, great, we're in whatever you think of as heaven now. And they actually took the time in the fourth season to address this idea that even the good place is not actually that good because this idea of eternity is in itself boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I also love. I love that they made this callback that way back in I think season one, Michael says all of the friends characters except for Phoebe would be in the bad place. And Lisa Kudrow yes. is in the good place. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is oh that is a good circular reference there. Yes. I love it.
4: Um but they have to then fix that idea, and you really do get to feel as if it, – it deals with this idea of when do you feel your life is complete? And I know this is a very serious topic for – um, I'm I'm getting very personal in this episode. we talking a lot about death. Um, well,
3: I mean, <laughs> the, the show, the show is all yeah. about death. <clears throat>
4: but you know, when uh, in watching, I, I mentioned at the beginning of this this episode, uh, talking about uh, the Order of the Good Death, uh, Caitlin Doherty's um, Ask a Mortician channel on dealing with with death and dying. You know, I think of what. I hear from those who work in nursing homes or who work in hospice care and they say that the um there's actually a lot of peace when the dying person has said, you know, they feel as if they are done. Like mm-hmm. life is complete and they're ready to go. Um and that's actually what uh, one of my grandmothers had said to me a few weeks before she she passed away at the ripe old age of 98. Um, and I think that show that the good place handles that so perfectly, this idea that the real good place is having enough time to accomplish all of the things that you really want and that every one of them, when they reach that decision to move on, whether that's moving on to a new position in, in the afterlife or just moving through that final door, they do keep the mystery of, you know, what actually happens in that Mm -hmm. sense, like,
3: Mm -hmm.
4: you you don't really know and i I do think that they they did a good job of not specifically answering that question of what happens beyond the door um but they all made it very clear that each one of these characters when they made the decision to pass through the door was completely at peace with it and that they felt complete and happy and that there wasn't there wasn't a fear there or a anxiety around it it was it was time and i think that's one of the mm-hmm. most hopeful things that you can offer in a show that is ultimately about death the afterlife and what life is about
3: well and, and yeah and i think i think all three of these shows had really beautiful finales and it's interesting to see chronologically how they aired and kind of how far we go with them so at the office we go like a year in the future and we see kind of an immediate future for these characters and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh with parks and rec we go further in that and i and i absolutely love the parks and rec uh series finale it reminds me a lot of what um the six feet under yep series yes, finale, yes, yes that, i was gonna say which that which is say that. Mm-hmm. In my opinion probably one of the absolute best ways the best finales ever <laughs> It, just, it is. it's it does such a beautiful job of wrapping up all these stories and it's one of those finales where my mom can't see be at the end of the series and be like well what happens next because that's who my mom is <laughs> um, <laughs> that's my mother um and then to see the good place and i think you and judy rebecca really touched well on what a beautiful ending this is and i think it can be said about all of these shows and i know it's not a direct quote or anything but it's something that i'd like to think of as like a good life is a story well told Mm
2: -hmm.
3: oh yeah and i think all of these shows give that good life to these characters because they're all beautiful stories um I would love to see more into the future of what happens with the office crew, but I think we left them in a very nice place. Yeah. Um And I think from that, the writers for Parks and Rec were like, okay, well, we're going to give a little bit, we're going to get even more of an epilogue and context. Mm-hmm. So people can see where these characters are even in, further into the future. And then with The Good Place, we get even more, like we see, this the they lived in entirety <laughs> they lived in <an> eternity <laughs> in one episode and it was just such a beautiful ending and i think we watch mm-hmm. from the office to parks and rec to the good place them really tweaking and honing and perfecting that ending a, a satisfactory ending mm-hmm. that even mm-hmm. if- makes me look forward to
2: brooklyn 99 Nine. <laughs> <laughs> how are they gonna up the ante nine
3: nine 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 Nine, nine. (laughs) cheddar is gonna be in charge of everything (laughs)
2: amen yeah
1: no i i yeah i think you guys all said it beautifully and more beautifully than i can right now but yeah they're all perfect endings um and, yeah, I agree very much that Parks and Rec, it really reminded me of Six Feet Hunter and <laughs> the a in a less depressing way, in a way, you know. Yeah, because Six Feet Hunter is a lot darker, of course. Um, but, yeah, it really reminded me of that. And, and, yeah, the Good Place finale watching, especially Eleanor and Chidi, um saying goodbye to each other was so beautifully poignant and amazing and
3: i think one of the most beautiful things about i don't mean to jump on your comment aaron but one of the most beautiful things about um eleanor and chidi saying goodbye is it showed us that no matter how much time you have with someone it's never enough you, for as far yeah. as eleanor is concerned she always wants more and it's one of those things where and it's one of the most frustrating things with me is like if, if someone passes away and they're older like well they lived a good long that doesn't mean that we don't want them for more (laughs) like it and well and exactly certainly something we're facing right now yeah that's very you know emotions that you feel Mm were especially if someone is ill and in a lot of pain and you're just and you want and you're glad the pain is over for them but the the end of their pain is just the beginning of Mm -hmm. ours and i think they did a really good job just in that one scene when she was telling eleanor that he was ready And she and she was not ready for him to go, and he agreed to stay. And it was just—I thought that was just a really lovely representation of loss, regardless of time. Mm -hmm.
2: Yes, and the beautiful sacrifice both of them were willing to make for each other. But neither asked the other to make exactly. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm.
3: Oh, what a show!
2: tear yeah, up here. Great. Well, I think it was a tearjerker. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That that finale made me made me tear up for sure. Yeah, yeah they <laughs> all make me
1: tear up. Every single one of those finales <laughs> makes me tear up. Um, yeah. Well, great. Well, I think that's a great place to wrap things up. Um, thank you guys so much. We'll go around and have everybody say where they can be found. Um, Judy
2: Sure. Um, really, my only phantom presence is on Tumblr, and that is Angels Watching Over. And that's like <laughs> 99% supernatural. So um, if you're not into that, don't bother. <laughs> uh,
3: you can find me on all the things, but I'm mostly on Twitter at WisconsinAC, which is W I S C O N S E N N A C H. And again, blame Carla. I'm going to throw her under all the buses.
4: <laughs> <I know. laughs> and, and Rebecca so again while I don't uh, tweet very often I'm going to make you know Rebecca hopefully some more <laughs> tweeting and if you would like yes um, if, uh, if you would like to tweet at me whether you agree with the fan theory about the good place that the entire show is really just centered around oh my gosh Michael, Rebecca right, <gasps> final
3: episode. wow <laughs> I know you've got all these theories do you like get into this deep out the dark web and find these theories if
4: you want to find me on twitter and tell me whether or not you think the entire point of the good place is actually torturing Michael <laughs> You can find me at Rebecca Jacobson, R U B E C C A J A C O B S O N on Twitter. so we're gonna have to do a whole show about fan
1: theories for That's shows. amazing so just, I mean, we'll have to do a whole episode about that. <laughs> You're gonna
3: have to and do just a BSG fan episode. theories.
1: So okay. and
3: uh Bears what, what, what is BSG again? <laughs> no, That'll start Thank you.
1: <laughs> I know that's what I kept thinking so yeah okay well when you guys first said that on the office episode I was like <laughs> we're going to do a whole episode on Bears oh, Beats Carla, Carla and I have just an spent many
3: hours oh, talking about Bears Galactica so, like, like a lot of hours I've never
1: watched it, it so that's why I was like oh, okay.
3: totally normal number <laughs> <laughs> Okay, right.
1: Okay, and this is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at E.AprilBeauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one on Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. Um, and if you have any feedback... Um, if you have any thoughts, if you want to even email some of those fan theories, you can reach out to us at it's a fandom thing pod at gmail.com. And next week, um, Judy and Meg are going to be returning along with Carla and maybe some yes. other people to discuss Shit's Creek. So that should be a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> no, you have to apologize.
2: I know. I'm excited about it, too. It's another wonderful And that'll show. be the
1: main show. And as I announced uh, before my interview with Carla... <clears throat> um last tuesday we're gonna have a special episode every tuesday this week was a little bit different because we had the parks and rec one on there but we'll have either an interview or some kind of special thing and the main episode will be on thursdays or fridays so just reminding you of that as well so until next time remember it's a fandom thing
4: (laughs) take it easy take (laughs) it easy thank
1: you (laughs) (laughs) yeah awesome glad that got in there